When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Very excited. Today, we have John Shanahan of Business Solver. He actually started, co-founded this company back in 1998. We're going to be talking about compensation, uh, benefits, how his company attracts and retains the best people for his a company, which is a benefits technology company. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about how this translates to every business. They have an executive summary of what they call the state of workplace empathy. They've been doing this for a number of years. So we're going to talk about empathy, leadership, and creating the great culture that gets and retains the best employees. Because what happens on the inside of any company is felt on the outside. Before we get into the interview, a couple of quick announcements, and you know what they are if you've heard the show. And that is, if you've got a story or a question that you'd like to share or would like a question for me to answer, please go to any social media channel. If it is a question, use the hashtag AskShep, and I promise to answer it there in my newsletter, uh, on uh, in this podcast, or perhaps on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, C-Suite TV, other streaming types of platforms. And you can go to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. And you can catch episodes there. All right, everyone, it's time for interview. Here we go. John, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, Chef. Glad to be here. Well, let's start off by talking briefly, uh, if you can give us the one sentence overall defining statement about what Business Solver does, because it's important that they know where we're coming from. Awesome. I'll try and keep it to one sentence. Uh, I'm so proud of what we do. It's, it's By the way, it's, just uh, so you know, your team does a beautiful job of summarizing in one sentence. So I'll give you <laughs> two or three. How's that? <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, Business Solver has been around for for more than 20 years. And you know, what we try and do is make employee benefits more friendly, more usable. We, you know, create the technology that helps employees use their benefits or choose their benefits and ultimately how to better use their benefits. So helping, you know, employees and their employers get the most value they can out of their benefit program because they spend a lot of money on it for sure. Great. That was perfect. That was one really long compound sentence with lots of commas, ands, et cetera. But seriously, I want everybody to know we're not going to be talking about benefits today, but that's what your company does. And one of the things you've been doing for a while is coming out with this report, uh, the state of workplace empathy. And I've written about you in the past. I've quoted from the report. I just received the 2022 workplace empathy uh, report, which I find fascinating because I think today, more than ever, 
We've got to focus on the internal side of what's going on. What do we do to get the best people? What do we do to keep the best people and create a culture that people want to work in? Because at that point, everybody wants to engage more with the business. They want to have more success and employees are really happy. And therefore they will focus on engaging more with customers, clients, whatever you want to call them. So uh, excited. And, and essentially you are a business technology platform that creates um, that benefit enrollment. Uh, it makes it easy. And by the way, that in itself is a great lesson. We've talked about friction in the past and your technology eliminates a lot of the friction and headaches that employees have to go through. J just the other day, and, and I know I'm going to let you talk in a minute, I promise. But just the other day, my daughter, who now works with a wonderful new company, called me and said, dad, I don't know what to do. All these choices to make with the benefit programs, which one's best, which one's worse. Why should I get this health plan over another? And you make it easy. You eliminate the friction and the hassle. Yeah. I mean, it's so much better than, you know, the way that we used to do it. Right. Which is you turn to your neighbor and say, Hey chef, what'd you do for, you know, what'd you pick on your benefit program? And, you know, you might have four kids and I might have no kids and it's, it's a mess. So I think it's, it's a complex thing. Um, you know, what I say to make it simple is we created this software that's kind of the turbo tax for benefits. We just, you give us your information and we help you make a good decision, which is, you know, the key, I think, to making sure you end up with the right outcomes instead of the wrong outcomes. All right. So first lesson of today is eliminate friction in everything you do, not just for your customers, but for your employees as well. Yes. Yeah, I actually, our employers are the number one user of our software, so it has to work for them as well. Mm, yeah, very good. Very good. All right, let's jump into empathy. So here's a stat. 93% of CEOs, 82% for HR professionals, and 74% for employees believe empathy is directly tied to financial success. Let's go. Let's do it. So what's your thought? This this comes out of your report. Yeah, my thought is, you know, it's kind of what, you know, where you're, uh, the, you know, you're, the rubber hits the road, right? You're, and I think sometimes um, if the outcomes, if you don't have positive outcomes and they're not tangible, which, you know, dollars and cents are very tangible, then it feels like, you know, you're not being as empathetic as you can be. And certainly in times of inflation, I think that gets, you know, more and more, um, the, the exclamation point on it becomes uh, much larger. And so I think, you know, you can take it, you can tie it to pay, you can tie it to bad outcomes and benefits, you can tie it to the total compensation. If people feel like the, you know, what they're contributing to the organization is not recognized. And oftentimes one of the tangible ways is the economics around it. Um, then they feel like you're not empathetic, you're not listening. And that happens a lot. You know, I think that's happened a lot, especially over the last eight months where it's, you know, this is costing me more. Um, you know, fortunately for us, people aren't driving to work uh, or working, you know, remotely. But, you know, I can see for a lot of employers, that would be a very tangible thing because you go to the gas pump and you feel it. And so I think that's how it can be tied oftentimes from a connection or disconnection um, directly to empathy. Yeah. So there, we're in some, uh, we'll call it scary times, tough times, different times. And we obviously have the economy today. There's the employment issues that are happening. There is the pandemic that happened. And by the way, I think we're pretty much looking in a rearview mirror as to the influence it has on the decisions we're making. Now we've made decisions about how we're going to do it. Before I get into that, though, um, I want to ask you your definition of what empathy is in the workplace. 
Well, our definition of empathy that we use in the business is just a very simple, um, you know, kind of prescription, which is your ability to place yourself in the shoes of someone else and understand where they're coming from and creating the space to listen, to understand that. Um, we just, we simply use that as the baseline to make it very, very simple. So in the, in the customer experience world, customers call in, they have a problem, the, the economy's tough, things have changed. Maybe it, it just depends on what type of business somebody's calling. It's important to demonstrate some type of empathy. I know what we talk about today in this little interview is workplace empathy. And yeah. I truly believe what's happening on the inside is felt on the outside. If you want to have a great sure. customer experience, it starts by a great employee experience. So I get what you're trying to say. And, and your definition to kind of um, just flip it back is that we listen to our employees, listen to where they're having some pain. Today, it's because of inflation. You know, a year or two ago is because we don't know what's going on with the future of our world yeah, uh, because of a sure. pandemic. So uh, we're there. Um, you have this other stat. 57% of CEOs believe the biggest benefit of an empathetic workplace is faster business growth. So when you combine all the stats mentioned before in this one, uh, talk, tell me, how does empathy turn into business growth? Yeah, I mean, I, I sit in, you know, multiple CEO forum, forums. And I think, you know, when we ask the question, it's hard to know necessarily what's in their mind. But what I would tell you is um, many businesses, most businesses are looking to drive growth. And so I think when they translate it, they're thinking about employee retention. They're thinking about client retention. They're thinking about, you know, the efficiencies that they gain through those things. But they're also thinking about satisfaction and how those things play into it. I mean, I think, you know, we have this getting to always program where we're trying to, you know, it's basically our version of an NPS and we're measuring client delight and we're measuring employee delight. And what we say is you can't get to client delight unless your employees are delighted. And so the simple equation there is we believe if our employees believe that we're listening and we're empathetic that they'll translate that to our clients and we'll be rewarded with retention on both sides. And I think satisfaction and retention go hand in hand. And, and I think that's what we see out of that stat, which is CEOs start to believe, especially in this economy and where we sit with you know workforce participation, we've got to attract and retain the best talent. And that translates into you having very high retention outcomes with your clients, no matter what business you're in. So uh, what I want to do, I want to take a short break. And when we come back from the break, I want to talk about how you believe compensation ties into the overall um, competitive strategy of keeping your best people, because all the surveys out there, and, and I'm not, uh, this is not meant to be argumentative, or I don't want to debate this with you. Uh, many surveys out there, I think almost all of them say that compensation is not at the highest point of why a customer I'm sorry, why a customer, why an employee would stay with you. And I think when you, maybe it's, and I'm, I'm just verbalizing here and we'll confirm this after the break, but I think that when you provide a good compensation package, but above that, you have this empathetic attitude toward your employees. You listen to them, you care about them and compensation is part of it. You know, how much does compensation really drive 
employee retention. We're going to talk about that. I also want to talk to you about this concept that you said, we have a getting to always program. You you touched on it, but you didn't define exactly what it is. I think that's a pretty powerful statement. Always what? Always be amazing? <laughs> that's my line. All right, we'll be yeah. right back. We are talking with John Shanahan, who is with Business Solver. He is amazing, and he's also very empathetic. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.I'llBeBackBook.com. Again, that's www.I'llBeBackBook.com. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with John Shanahan, a business solver. We're talking about empathy. We're talking about uh, proper compensation. But most important, we're talking about retaining your best people because in today's environment, customer experience is so important. You have to have a good employee experience, which means you're getting and attracting and keeping the best people. John, uh, we were talking a little bit about compensation, and I want to get into the idea that compensation may not be the most important thing, although it's extremely important because it's a basic need. Can you talk to us a little bit about your feelings and your thoughts on that? I mean, I think compensation and having the right benefit program and we could talk about how benefits have evolved. That's certainly in our empathy study. The definition of how people viewed benefits five years ago when we started this study versus now is way different. And the generational shifts in the workforce are massive. Don't leave well. us hanging. Give us a, a like a, a 30 second <laughs> synopsis. Or a... Yeah, when we first started the empathy study, what you would see is when we asked people, what are the most important benefits? You would see like, you know, I have a good medical program that meets my needs. I have a good dental program. I have a good vision program. And now it's shifted to the most important thing to me is flexibility. And I have flexibility around the hours that I work. I have flexibility around where I work. And then you're starting to get into other benefits more. Um, I, I, and I think you know COVID accelerated some of this flexibility for sure. It also accelerated, accelerated mental health benefits. It also accelerated uh, dependent care benefits. And think about that very broadly. It can be, you know, we have uh, a benefit called Grace. Grace does this help you with any dependent care needs. It could be your, your parents. It could be your grandparents. It could be your children. And so I think the way that we view benefits continues to evolve. That's why we continue to do One of the reasons we continue to do the empathy study is because we're listening to how the workforce is viewing the value around your benefits. And if you spend all your money in one category, but you really have these other new benefits happening, you're not going to attract and retain. So to your question, it's, you know, I think there's a point at which, you know, the pain is across the generations matters. What are they facing? Is your benefit and comp program in tune with that? Inflationary trends certainly accelerated that, but that's the base level that we think about in kind of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs as it relates to compensation. 
After that, you get into things like, do you have the right culture? Are you building the right culture? Do you have the right leadership? And is your leadership tied into your culture? You know, we've had any employees leave and come back to Business Solver. And one of the things that they realize is they didn't value the culture in the in the way that, you know, they realized once they were in an organization that didn't have that. But do they have opportunities? Can they be self-actualized? Ultimately, at the top of that pyramid is, do they see opportunities across the organization to continue to grow? And do they feel they have leadership supporting that growth? And so it's, I think compensation is the base level. You've got to meet it, but then you've got to think about how people have are in the right culture of an organization that sees opportunity and sees commitment and sees support as an organization. All right. Opportunity, commitment, and support. And I think support's a really important part of it. When people say my manager supports what I do, my boss supports what I do, they and, and, uh, but I, I love that you're admitting that compensation isn't at the top, it's at the base and everything yes. grows from there because, uh, I can see in my mind and hear in my mind, friends that have left and said, I don't care that they're paying me a lot of money. It's not worth it. What's not yes. worth it. The way they're treated, the, you know, the way their boss takes care of them, the, the culture, of the company's toxic. They come home, burnt out, angry, mean, they kick the, uh, I don't want to say they kick the dog. They kick the trash can because <laughs> they come in the door and uh, it's a mess. Well, that's that's good to know and and uh, appreciate that your company practices what you preach to others with this report, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, the other piece just to hit on it is when we talk about support, oftentimes people talk about their leaders, which I think is important. But, you know, when we celebrate five, 10, 15, 20 year anniversaries, what we consistently hear is, I feel supported by my peers. And I think that's the other piece because everybody is going to have a bad day. And you have to know that you can turn, especially, you know, in a completely for us still remote virtual world, I've got other people to turn to. And I know that if I ask them a question, I'm, I'm going to feel supported and I'm not going to be, you know, feel like, you know, it's a bad question. It's a fair question. And so that community of support, I think, you know, many leaders may underestimate how important that is to growing the right kind of culture as well. Yeah. My employee golden rule idea is to, well, to put it into uh, golden rule terms, <laughs> do unto each other inside our company as we want done unto the customer, because we treat customers really well. It, we should treat our employees just as well. By the way, I've also said in your personal relationships, if you were to treat your spouse, significant other, partner, the same way you treated your best customers, he, she, they, would, however they identify, would stay with you forever. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to talk about this. You mentioned, uh, and I don't want to let this one go. We have a getting to always <clears throat> program. This is intriguing. What does all getting to always mean? Yeah, so we ask our customers, of course, we pulse both our employees and our customers. But when we talk about getting to always uh, with our customers, here's some of the questions. I can count on them. And then we use a rarely, sometimes, most of the time, always. I feel heard by them. They are prepared. They are responsive. They are consultative. They are proactive. And we have about five more questions. But ultimately, this gets us to a scale of saying, how likely would you be to refer a business solver? And this is, you know, the way that we're talking to our customers on a consistent basis. We also ask them the pulse, but to use this in the back of the mind. And by pulse, they can go into our platform and select a color, blue, green, yellow, red. Obviously, blue is the best. Um, and it means we're, we're always. And so 
you know, that's the, that's what you really want. I think in, in a relationship, both with employees and with customers is I can count it. You're going to be there. You're going to be, you'll always be there to support me. And it's, it's a high standard. It's a high bar, but it's something uh, that we thought made more sense than just asking on a scale one to 10, how likely are you to recommend us from an MPS perspective? So I love this. One of the, uh, concepts that I've been talking about, I think it's foundational. I've been talking about this for years and years is that creating amazement is about consistency and predictability, but not about big things, about basics, about the the general expectations. So what you want is a customer or for this matter, an employee to say, you know, they're always so helpful. They always get back to me quickly. They're always knowledgeable. Um, and that word always indicates a consistency. And if you look at what most people are happy with always receiving, if they're on that receiving end, is that um, it, it's what they expect anyway. It's not about over-the-top experiences. We're going to get that. And to put it into your world, uh, you know, let's say that all of a sudden my spouse gets very, very ill and you've got this benefit that allows me uh, to take care of her. And I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind, oh, wow, they, even when there's a problem, I know they're always going to be there. That's an over the top type of example. But if everything else is just supposed to, you know, it's like whenever I call HR, they always get back to me within the day. That's huge. How many times have we had a question and we go to HR? It's like mission impossible. I, I hear the music playing in my mind. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and trying to no, get an answer on something. Oh, no, it's very, it's very, you know, very true. I mean, I think that's the balance every organization has to, you know, figure out. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're McDonald's or your business solver, what we're tr- always trying to manage is, We've got to continue to innovate, but at the end of the day, especially in what I call an execution sport, when you need to use your benefits, they need to be there and they need to work. And that's, that's a balance you have to play out, but you absolutely want to know that when you go to use your, you know, your, your benefits, you're going to the, the, you know, the pharmacy at 11 o'clock at night because your child is sick they darn well better work or there's going to be a a big disruption and a, a big letdown. All right. So that's, uh, I love the concept of always, before I get off of this, if you can give me the top five, always, um, whatever you need to have to make your employees happy. I recognize where I see always uh, benefits if that's it, but I want to know the top five. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. We know compensation is at the base. (laughs) Yeah. Give me your five top five always. Well, I think the first one is, you know, we, we, we talk about this all the time because we support companies with acquisitions. I think the first one is that pay works. Uh, you always know that your paycheck is going to be there. Okay. Uh, the Basic second one, need. The, yeah. The second I know I can eat next bu- week because I'm being. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that, if that breaks down, everything breaks down. I know my benefits are going to be there and my benefits are going to work because that's got to work. So paying benefits, that always has to happen. And it seems simple, but if it doesn't, that's a major disruption. I think the next one is they have to know that they always have a leader that they can turn to and that they can have an honest conversation with, an honest dialogue. We talk about that a lot, right? They have to have peers that support the same culture. One of the things I talk about in onboarding when I talk to every new hire class is 
you know, listen, this culture is in your hands. If you like what you've learned in the onboarding, you came here because of our culture, you need to support it and you need to support it with your peers because that is critical to having a healthy culture. I think transparency has to exist with your customers and your clients. And I think there always has to be a culture of opportunity, right? If you don't have, if employees don't believe that they have an opportunity and that they're going to be supported in that opportunity, they will stay with you for a while, but they will not stay with you for a long time. Mm, yep. I think I hit five. Well, you hit at least four, probably five. I'll go back and listen to it again, but you know what? It was enough. It was enough. I'm excited <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> All right. All right, let's ask one final question. And you know what's coming because I ask it at the end of every interview. Is there one last nugget of wisdom that you can share? What's that one thing you absolutely want our audience to remember? Well, I think, you know, part of this is that we talk about this a lot. In fact, I just uh, was on another podcast this week and it was just, it comes to mind because I think it's something a lot of CEOs are struggling with that perhaps it could be translated to others. I think that, in this kind of topsy-turvy world we've lived through through the last couple of years, I think, um, and you saw it coming in our empathy study with um, declines in empathy and, you know, concerns around CEOs being transparent around, um, you know, how they're doing, how they're feeling and being empathetic. I think what I would say is the one thing is you've got to build trust with your employees. And part of that comes from, being empathetic and showing that empathy and not being afraid to. I think there's this, this turn now by leadership. I'll, I'll expand it to leadership too. We've got to get back to work and getting back to work means I'm going to go back to old ways. And you can insert it. The easiest one is, you know, look at Apple this week. You got to go back to the office. And that doesn't feel very empathetic in a lot of the things we want to return to because a lot has changed. And so I would say, don't be afraid to be an empath empathetic leader, show your weaknesses, be vulnerable and listen to your employees. And I think we've seen some of that degrade and we saw it start to show up in our study. And I, I'm worried about that, but I think that would be my one final comment. Show that you're empathetic, be vulnerable and listen to your employees. I think those are words to live by if you're a leader. Very yes. good. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. John Shanahan, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Chef. Pleasure. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another interview. We will be back next week. So please come back. I promise you it will be amazing. And until next week, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.